Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Superman from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here's an important message. Fellows and girls, somewhere in the Solomon Islands, there are a lot of big, tough fighting marines, and they're carrying guns that you may have helped to buy for them. That is, if you've been buying your share of war-saving stamps for victory. You see, every single dime you exchange for a war-saving stamp helps to buy the guns and the bullets, the planes and bombs, the ships and the shells that are going to lick the Nazis and the Jets. Now, we know that all red-blooded Americans can't actually wear Uncle Sam's uniforms because, well, because some of us are too young or too old to join the Army or Navy. But there is one big important way we can help. We can buy war-saving stamps and bonds. We can lend our money to Uncle Sam and put weapons into the hands of American fighting men. Why, do you know that your dime spent for a war stamp is the same dime used to buy five forty-five caliber bullets? I guess you know, too, and the Japs and the Nazis certainly do, what a soldier or a sailor or a Marine can do with five bullets. And speaking of sailors, you might be interested to learn that every time you buy five war stamps, that same 50 cents buys enough fuel oil to carry a destroyer a full mile closer to its objective. That makes buying war stamps pretty exciting, doesn't it? Now, look, let's make a promise to ourselves right now. Let's promise to buy war-saving stamps every week regularly. And you can help even more than that. You can get your friends and your mother and father and all the people you know to buy war stamps and bonds regularly. And they'll want to help, too, when you explain to them how important it is for all of us to do our share to help our brothers and friends in uniform. Our boys are going to win this war, and we have simply got to help them. So remember, every time you've got a dime, buy a war-saving stamp. And now, the adventures of Superman. Yesterday, we heard how Superman brought the 50-ton flying boat known as the Atlantic Clipper safely to Earth at Hendon Airdrome in England after the huge airship carrying among its passengers Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, and Clark Kent had crashed at sea. Superman had dropped his disguise of Clark Kent and, as Superman, saved the flying boat and all aboard her. But as our last episode ended, Superman himself was faced with a problem he could not solve. How was he to assume the guise of Clark Kent once again? He knew that his absence as Clark Kent had been discovered and the plane thoroughly searched. What explanation could he possibly give for his absence? 
To find out how Superman solved his problem, we join Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen. It is late afternoon of the following day. Lois and Jimmy are riding atop a London bus. Listen. What street did you say this was, Miss Lane? A Bayswater Road, Jimmy. Uh-huh. That was Hyde Park Corner we just passed. Oh, that's Kensington Gardens on our left, isn't it? That's right. Gee, uh, I just can't get used to being in a foreign city. It'd be pretty exciting if Mr. Kent was with us. Yes, I know what you mean. No sense hoping, though, I guess. Captain March must have had it figured out right. You mean about Clark's body floating out through the side of a clipper while she was submerged? Yes, I guess he must have been right about that. Sure seems tough the way things happen sometimes. Why, Mr. Kent had to be the one... Oh, now, Jimmy, come on. You mustn't give way to yourself like that. I, I can't help it. Mr. Kent, he's the best friend I ever had. I know, Jimmy, I know, but... Well, you've just got to carry on, that's all. After all, Jim, now that Clark's gone, I've got to depend on you, haven't I? Do you? Well, sure. What did the inspector at Scotland Yard say only a little while ago? I don't know. What did he say? Don't you remember? He said that under ordinary circumstances, he'd have to lock you up for being in England without a passport or a visa. But since that would leave me all alone, and since you were the only man I could depend on, that he wouldn't. Oh, yeah. I remember. You think that's why he didn't lock me up? Why, I'm sure of it. Well, what about when he called the American consul and talked to him? Well, the consul may have said something that helped a little, but... Well, Jim, I do need you, and you've got to show me that I can depend on you. Okay. Don't worry about me. From here on, you can depend on me for anything. That's right. That's the way I like to hear you talk. Gosh, look there through the railing. There are guns in the park. Big ones. Yes. Kensington Gardens are just bristling with anti-aircraft guns. I wouldn't be at all surprised if some of those very guns were firing at us last night. Gee, that was something, wasn't oh, it? Oh, sure was. There's Superman carrying us in that plane across London when those ACACs start firing at us. Gosh, I was plenty scared. Hmm? Well, not exactly scared, just a little nervous. Oh, I should think so. We'd have saved ourselves a lot of trouble and danger if we could have used the radio in that plane. Oh, there wasn't a chance. Yes, Every battery on board was so full of salt water. What you miss? Oh, Leinster Corner. A boy, too? Mm-hmm. boy. He's over 12, I guess, say. Hey, oh. easy, Jimmy. <laughs> yes, he is. He's over 12, conductor. Well, that'll be six and eight, me, miss. I'm six and... What? Six and eight, me. Oh, you're an American, ain't you? Uh, yes, I, I don't quite understand your coinage yet. <laughs> Here's some change. I don't know. Off a tick, lady. Now, there's a sixpence. And there's eight, me. Off a penny, you know. Oh, I see. No, not at all, miss. Not at all. I'll let you know when we arrive at Leinster Corner. Thank you. A conductor? Yes, uh, Look, I'm a reporter on an American newspaper. I'm over here to, uh, well, to find out just how you English are weathering things. You know, the war and all. How are you now? Well, it's the same work, I call Yes, it is. Uh, you mind telling me a few things about yourself? You mean you printed an American newspaper? Yes, of course. Why, I'd be very happy to tell you all I could miss. What would you like to know? Well, I'd like to know your name to begin with. Harry Higgins, miss, with an H. Harry Higgins? Me address, 72 Larkspur Street, Lambeth. 72 Larkspur. Hmm? Married, are you? Oh, yes. Got three grown kids. Two boys and a girl. One boy's in the RAF and the other's in the Navy. The girl, named Josephine, she's in the Red Cross. Oh. Just how has the war affected you, Mr. Higgins? I... Oh, I wouldn't say it's made too much difference, miss. Of course, I had my own little place before it all started, a cottage near Kingston. Pretty little place. I went there one night after a raid and found it wasn't there no more. Bomb it square and clean. Oh, that's too bad. That wasn't a way. Then another way it weren't. 
And me missus and myself are living with our sister's, uh, sister's family now. Mm-hmm. Never did see much of my wife's sister and her family afore that. Just couldn't seem to get on somehow. You know, our families is always bickering and quarrelling. But somehow the war changed all that. Get along together fine now. I think that's wonderful, Mr. Higgins. Then again, miss, uh, the war taught a lot of us to see the true value of things. Time, for instance. Now, you take time. A awful lot of it used to be wasted. Well, it ain't no more. Wise fish and chips, Miss Oscar, remember when we... Blimey. What's wrong? Eh, this is your stop, Miss May. I haven't half started to tell you what oh, I wanted to say. Well, don't you worry about it, Mr. Higgins. I've got your address. I'll drop in some night this week, if you don't mind, and we can have a long chat. I can't for dinner, why don't you, Miss? Well, Bring the boy with you. My sister, my wife's sister, her... Makes the tastiest bluff that you ever taste set your teeth to. Oh, all right, Mr. Higgins, I will. What you said, miss? <laughs> hey, oh. Well, we've been expecting you, miss. Don't you forget now. I won't. Bye. Nice of him to invite us to dinner, wasn't it, Jim? I guess so. If he doesn't stop calling me a boy. Oh. Is he over 12, miss? <laughs> now, come on, Jim. Let's cross the street to our boarding house. You're just getting sensitive in your old age. Yeah. Well, she was a... Jimmy, Watch your step. You almost walked right in front of that truck. Oh, gosh. Everything's so mixed up over here. Just the opposite from America. Now, what's the sense of people driving on the left-hand side of the road? What's the sense of them driving on the right hand, for that matter? <laughs> Well, here's our boarding house. Let's go in. After you've had dinner, you... Oh, oh I'm... Oh, pardon me, Mrs. Beverly. I'm sorry. I wasn't looking. <laughs> no, no, mademoiselle. I entirely am to blame. <laughs> well, there's no harm done. I think I knocked that package out of your hand when I ran in. Oh, yes. Here you are, miss. Oh, merci, monsieur. <clears throat> you are staying at this pension? Yes, I am. We have the two front rooms on the second floor. Oh, I do live here with my papa. Oh, we are on the second floor also. Shall we go up together? Well, of course. Uh, let me introduce myself. I'm Lois Lane, and this is Jimmy Olsen. How do you do? How do you do? Giroux is my name. Yvette mm-hmm. Giroux. You uh, have not been here long. No, as a matter of fact, we just arrived last night. Uh, at Hendon, that is. We came to London this morning. You are not English? No, American. You have a special reason for coming to England? Well, we... Oh, uh, pardon me. It is none of my affair. I am wrong to ask. Oh, not at all. I'm a newspaper reporter. Oh, oh, I see. <clears throat> well, uh, here's my door. Maybe we'll see you at dinner tonight? Perhaps. Bonsoir. Good night. Good night. He seems like an awfully nice. Oh, Miss Lane, holy mackerel. Hello, Jim. What? Sorry, I frightened you, Lois. What? Mr. Kerr. in the world did oh, you Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jim. Wait a minute. Take it easy. But where did you come from? We thought you were dead. I almost was, but... Thanks to Superman, I'm pretty much alive. Superman? Yes, I uh, I admit I never believed in him before, Lois, but, well, I, I'm forced to from now on. What do you oh, mean? Yeah, what happened? Well, as you know, I was in my cabin when the plane crashed. Yes, uh-huh. go on. Well, after the crash, the plane began to sink immediately, and, well, I, I was trapped. Yes? The water was coming in fast, and there was no way of getting out. Well, what'd you do? Well... Nothing I could do, Jim. The last thing I remember was choking and gasping and swallowing water as it rose over my head. How did you get here? Well, when I came to, I found myself flying through the air, strapped to someone in a blue suit and a red cloak. Strapped to him? Yes, he had his hands full holding up that plane, and he had strapped me to him with his belt. The way I figured it, he must have got me out of that cabin somehow. Well, I don't see how he knew you were in there. I don't either, but that's the only way I can account for it. Well, what happened next? You must have been with him when we landed at Hendon Airdrome. I guess I was, although I don't remember. You see, I, uh, well, I fainted. 
You what? I must admit to it, I fainted. Excitement was too much for me, I'm afraid. All I know is I came to this morning in a bed in the farmhouse just outside London. The farmer told me that he heard a knock on the door late last night, and when he opened the door, there I was, out cold. Oh, I don't know. There's something awfully strange about your explanation, Clark. It... Well, it just sounds funny. Oh, who cares, Miss Lane? He's here. That's the important thing. Gosh, Mr. Ken, am I glad to see you. Golly, I... you know enough to come here, Clark. Huh? We didn't know where we'd be staying ourselves until this morning. Oh, I've, uh, I've only been here about ten minutes. I, well, I figured you'd have to go to the American Consul to fix things up for Jimmy, so I called him. You were just left, he said, and we're on your way over to Scotland Yard, and he gave me your address. The landlady let me in here after I convinced her it was all right. I see. Come in. Oh, is that why I didn't expect? Is that what it is? Wrong. Listen to me. I've not much time. They've done it to me. Done it to you? What are you talking about? My father. He must protect my father. Or they. They will get him, too. They? What do you mean by they? I mean the tiny men. Oh, oh catch him, brother. He's back. Clark, what's happened? She's dead. Probably poisoned by the tiny men. The tiny men? Gosh. Once again, the deadly tiny men have struck. We know, though Kent does not, that Dr. Veidt and his henchman Muller must be in England, for they control the tiny men. Little men no taller than an ordinary milk bottle. Can Superman solve the riddle of the tiny men? Be sure to listen on Monday, same time, same station. Tune in and follow The Adventures of Superman. Yes, be sure to tune in again Monday for another thrilling Superman episode. And don't forget what else you're going to do. You're going to buy war stamps as often as you can get Mother and Dad to give you a dime. You know when you see that big capital S on a three-cornered shield, you'll recognize it as the emblem of Superman, and you'll know at once what it stands for. Likewise, when you see the capital letters U.S. on a war-saving stamp or bond, you'll recognize them as the emblem of Uncle Sam. And it represents a pledge from Uncle Sam to you. His pledge to use every dime you lend him for more bullets and guns and planes and all the other things the American armed forces need to win a smashing victory from the Nazis and the Japs. So don't put off buying war stamps. Buy one every time you've got a dime. Uncle Sam's depending on you. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leave tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is written and directed by George Lothar and is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.